Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to The Shit Show. And let me tell you, as somebody who has presented my fair share of arguments in court, the case against Donald Trump and Mike Pence is open and shut. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Actually, it's afternoon. But we don't know when you guys are listening to this, so could be the middle of the night for all we know. So thanks if you're (laughs) listening in the middle of the night. Go to sleep. Also, maybe we're just so boring that they listen to put them to sleep. Well, this intro has been, so... (laughs) Are we going to keep it in? Probably. Probably. You guys know us. We're not about redoing our shit. We're lazy. (laughs) Anyway, Rubes, what or who are we talking about this week? We're talking about the Democratic Vice President nomination, Kamala Harris. Your next Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. We stand. This was a really exciting uh, moment of news in the US when often the news is... Shit. Over there. Shrouded by Donald Trump's bullshit. Not that he hasn't tried to put that in here um, as soon as Kamala was announced. But we want to do a wee intro about who she is, why Biden might have picked her, and, you know, have a wee look at her record. Yeah. So here's the story, folks. Yeah, I guess we'll start off uh, with a little bit about who Kamala Harris is as a person. Yeah, so she is the first black woman and first Asian American woman to achieve the vice president nomination. On a major party ticket. On a major party ticket, yep. Which is a huge deal, especially for anyone who identifies as multiracial because Americans definitely have, to generalize, they haven't been that good with their representation yeah, in major no. political parties. I don't even think that's a generalisation. I think that's just the truth. Yeah, basically. Um, she, so she's the daughter of an Indian immigrant mother and a Jamaican immigrant father. They were both really active in the civil rights movement and would like strap Kamala in a pram and take her along to the protests and things like that that they'd organise so, yeah, from birth, she's been quite heavily involved in public service and um, discourse, I guess. Mm-hmm. So she, just a little overview of her career. She started out working in the prosecutor's office in the late 1980s and early 1990s, then became San Francisco's district attorney, the top prosecutor for the city in 2004. In 2011, she became California's attorney general, the top law enforcement official in the state. And then she held this position until 2017, where she became the U.S. Senator for California. Perfect. So, guys, when you hear us mention DA, that is um, referring to her time as district attorney, because a lot of the criticism that comes with the nomination for Kamala has to do with her time as a DA. So Mm -hmm. just a wee preface there in case you get confused as to what we're chatting about. 
First of all, Ruby, how are you how are you feeling about the pick? I think it's pretty huge. Her nomination has really interjected some excitement back into the campaign. Not to say that Kamala has the perfect record, but we can't deny that it is historical. Mm. That there is a multiracial woman in this major position and, you know, could potentially become the president of the United States one day. It's no secret that Joe is the oldest candidate to run for president and he has been open about picking someone who could potentially step into that role someday. Mm -hmm. He said that he's a transitional candidate and I think there's no denying and no downplaying how phenomenal it is to have a woman be selected a woman of Asian descent and a black woman on the ticket. I think we can't downplay that, even if it was expected. Um, I've heard a lot of commentary saying that this was safe. This is still in no way, you know, a a classic safe pick for America. This is exciting. Kamala is an amazing woman. I'm going to probably make it quite known throughout this podcast that I think it's a phenomenal thing for America, potentially, if the Democrats take this election out. And... Yeah, like I said, I think it's really exciting that there's a potential for the presidency in the future to be held by someone, if not Kamala, like her. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? So I think we've touched on it a little bit, but her identity has been quite a talking point. Even though we wish her identity didn't have to be a talking point in 2020, it has been. It's also been weaponized by the Republicans. Kamala obviously faces scrutiny for how she identifies. If she says that she is a black woman or identifies with that part of her history, she gets taken down for not being black enough. Um, A lot of media organizations completely omit the fact that she is also of Asian descent. So there's a lot of noise there in the media. You can't separate her identity from who she is, and it's a really important fact of who she is. But to see it weaponized... Yeah, well, I think it kind of shows Americans and and globally like to put people in boxes. And that means that sometimes we struggle and we shouldn't when people are multiracial. And we've seen this with the coverage on Kamala. People don't like that she doesn't identify as just being black Mm -hmm. or don't identify as just being Asian and therefore have this issue that she's not enough of either one of them. She told the Washington Post in 2019 that she definitely found pressure to define herself and that people like to force her neatly into a compartment that other people have created and I loved what she replied to that she said my point was I am who I am I'm good with it you might need to figure it out but I'm fine with it I completely agree Rubes and I I think that because Republicans are struggling to find a line of how they want to attack Kamala they you know they say she's too progressive or not progressive enough because of her record which we'll go into in a bit they choose this line of defense which is questioning her birth certificate or where she was from which is the same birtherism that we saw during Obama's campaign. Uh, Number one I am the least racist person. You guys will know Donald Trump questioned whether he was born in the US or not, which he then showed his birth certificate. Shouldn't have had to do that, but, you know, to prove Donald Trump wrong, kind of silence all those stupid rumors floating around. Obama chose to do that. Kamala has recently, and you guys will probably have seen it in the news because when I was doing my research on her, it was the top news story everywhere. So I couldn't even find her policies or anything. 
which is the Republicans' plan. Um, Big distraction. Distraction. So everything about Kamala was, oh, is she even eligible to be the president? Because Donald Trump drawed on this kind of fringe theory by some lawyer that I don't even want to credit or whatever because it's it's not right that she couldn't run for the US because her parents weren't born in the US. Which is wrong and has been completely debunked, but it doesn't take away from the fact that there are a lot of strong Trump supporters who are going to take this as fact and run with it and take away from her whole campaign. But yeah, like you said, Republicans haven't really been able to knuckle down on what they can kind of rip into her for because of her record. Yeah, so they have really taken mm-hmm. this... The race card or yeah. the nasty woman card. Mm-hmm. Or, they've taken a really bullying line of defense. And I mean, what's, what is new? What is new? And I've had a lot of titles over my career. And certainly, vice president will be great. But Mamala will always be the one that means the most. A little bit more on why Biden chose her. So you kind of touched on before how she's not the safe vote. And I think she's kind of all over the spectrum because historically, I mean, she is a multiracial woman. So both by her race and by her gender, she is, you know, I hate to say this, but on the back foot. Mm -hmm. But also by her policies that she stands by, she is a safer candidate for Biden to go for. I think a huge strategy at the moment for Biden is the fact that he is a not extremely progressive Democrat. And I know that that is frustrating for people like you and me and a lot of other Americans who do want to see overwhelming change. But unfortunately, with the reality of America at the moment, overall, Mm -hmm. they are scared of more quote-unquote socialist characters like Bernie Sanders, like Elizabeth Warren. And therefore, where Kamala stands is, I mean, she is super progressive, but she's also, she kind of stands in that middle ground. She has really progressive... She's got progressive views, but a record of also being tough, which women also have to prove as well. Yeah, exactly. So a huge thing that Trump was previously pushing was that Biden was this Trojan horse character, that he is just kind of this distraction to bring in a very progressive candidate who potentially is going to scare a lot of Americans and going to create this America that is socialist, Mm. which is so wrong. And I mean, if you look at Bernie Sanders, what he stands for, it's not radical in any way. But anyway, it's pretty close to New Zealand and how we live. If they just looked at us, we're not exactly radical, just doing it kind of right. I couldn't agree more. I love that you touched on the Trojan horse thing there because a lot of people are wondering, you know, why didn't he go for Elizabeth Warren and things like that? And there's also been a lot of those fucked up political cartoons that have been, you know, a Trojan horse that looks like Joe Biden and then it opens up and out walks AOC, Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Warren, all these kind of liberal, amazing humans wanting to do great things that the Republicans are deathly scared of. Yeah. And so people are worried, for anyone that doesn't understand the reference, that Joe Biden is going to come in, do his four years, and then not run again and leave, um, you know, the person that he's chosen, in this case Kamala Harris, to run for president while they're in office. Or the Republicans are worried that he will get two years into his term and not want to continue with the presidency and then hand it over to his VP. And so... Him choosing Kamala was choosing someone that's proven to be progressive enough, 
but hopefully someone that strategically isn't going to scare off the Democrats or potential Democrats voting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Kamala, the whole Trojan horse theory falls flat Mm. because what does kind of unsettle the left in many cases of her history, it actually insulates her for a lot of what Trump's campaign may have been banking on kind of attacking the candidate that Biden might have picked. Exactly. I also think we can't brush over the fact that in this moment that we're living in and the movement that the world needs to move into, Biden did need to pick a woman and he said he was going to and he did need to pick a woman of colour. One, because they have to be represented there. You know, we want that. The world needs that. And two, because if he didn't, it would just show that he was really fucking out of touch with the world we're living in. I think it's really shown that Joe can actually read the room, Mm. or read the country, and what the country needs. Some people have kind of put it back on, oh, is this just a tokenism pick? I would strongly disagree. I think you also have to look at her incredible record and that she really, if you compare her to any of the other frontrunners, she holds up on every single category. She's a phenomenal woman, a phenomenal speaker and Mm -hmm. campaigner. Like if you want a VP that's also going to get you donors and back you up, maybe when you go off script, which he tends to do, Mm -hmm. she is going to be there to help pull that back. I trust Kamala to be able to hold her own and hold Joe to account as well. We saw that in the, well, we didn't actually say yet that she did run for the US president last year in the primaries. She didn't make it through, but one one moment that really got her noticed is when she called out Biden. So she called out Joe Biden for a bill that he sponsored in 1975 that made it so federal funds couldn't be used by schools trying to desegregate by busing minority children to predominantly white schools and vice versa. And I think to see Joe then turn around and still pick her, knowing that she's going to challenge him, mm. you know, he doesn't have this history of being always on the right side. And I think him taking responsibility for that and being able to pick a candidate who will teach him and just challenge him yeah not just simp to his every word is something that I can really appreciate yeah I think back to when she called him out for sponsoring the bill on busing um that's really important because she she did have to get onto a bus to integrate her into a public school so she was one of the kids that really benefited from getting on a bus to help desegregate schools and so it was really personal to her she wasn't scared to front up and um, ask Joe why he did this and hold him to account for what happened in 1975 when times were different we can appreciate that but she could also appreciate that this matters to her still today Mm -hmm. and I mean we do definitely need to talk about her record and that we keep bringing up and annoyingly not talk about so now shall we do that let's get into it I am ready to get to work So, namely, progressives do have a problem with Kamala's record while she was a DA or while she was the Attorney General. She was a prosecutor that came into things as a self-proclaimed progressive prosecutor and did start off on that kind of note. You know, she appealed the death penalty when a criminal killed a cop and she got called out by Democrats, police unions, police officials alike because that was too progressive in 2004 in that time. 
Now, she's personally always been against the death penalty, but we will see that start to change throughout her time as prosecutor. Her history and her record um, as a prosecutor has been very contradictory. Just to set it out, you know. Yeah. You know, black and brown Americans who look at her history are worried because they want to make sure that they are going to be represented right. And there are a few contradictions in her record that show there's been times where she hasn't necessarily stood for them. Mm -hmm. And they have every right to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And it's not always what she's done. It's often things that she's chosen not to appeal or chosen not to do. And also me and Ruby are not here as two white Kiwis to say how anyone that feels that her record hasn't stood up for them or stood for them, we're not here to say you should change your thinking on Carmela. Of course, we don't want to downplay anything. We just want to lay out some of the contradictions in her record and why we all need to look at what she's doing now as well. So she definitely did come into her role when tough on crime. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And policies were champion and did help you get ahead if you did apply these to your work, which she really did. I mean, she came into it wanting to be progressive. And quite quickly realised that you can't make that much change from inside the building. So she did kind of start to conform with these tough on crime wise, as you're saying. The actions that she took that dishearten and anger some people are her officer's handling of over-incarceration, the death penalty. Which, while she's been personally against her whole career in 2014 she did appeal a decision deeming the death penalty system in California unconstitutional which it was aligning with the criminal justice system and not aligning with herself which is where a lot of the contradictions in her record do seem to sit between herself and the system she exists within. She also pushed for quite tough policies such as an anti-truancy program which targeted parents of kids who skipped schools and threatened them with prosecution. I mean that's as tough on crime as you can fucking be isn't it? Another one that people often I see commenting on which is obviously really important for right now is sex work. She worked to help shut down Backpage.com, which was a website that sex workers used for advertisements. Many sex workers argued that the website actually made their work more safe. So Harris, she shut this down, I think, more to target the pimps that were behind it. But that obviously has repercussions for sex workers. And so, yeah, that's obviously not been looked on in a very positive light. And then in 2015... There was a trans woman called Michelle Lale Knowlesworthy, and she was a trans woman in California's prison system. And Harris's office did fight against Michelle from getting reassignment surgery. Harris did, she did come forward and say that this case wasn't under her. We don't know mm. how much involvement she did actually have in this specific case. However, it being her office, she does have to take responsibility mm. and for she has. every single action, and she has. And that's something that we've seen quite often 
in her responses to these things is that she takes responsibility because that was her office. A few of them, I you know, was a little bit disheartened to see that she said, I didn't know they were going to take this line of defense or this was handled by someone that I wish they'd come to me with it first. And obviously we're always talking about, you know, the fish rotting from the head. If you're at the top of this, you need to be responsible of it. So, and it is fair to explain yourself there and then still take responsibility, which she has, but we do still need to bring these issues to light because they mean a lot of things to a lot of people. One more issue that people did have with Harris and which is really, really a notable kind of black mark on her record for the moment we're living in right now is the lack of action she took towards police officers that had been involved in misconduct. So she was seen as almost protective of them as in that time, almost right up until before 2014 in Ferguson and the time that we're seeing now, cops did get away with a lot of shit and they still are so heavily protected by the unions and the system. And yeah, Harris obviously being what she has referred to herself as the top cop. Yeah, the top cop. Her office did protect them during her time as DA and then AG. So that's probably quite a topical black mark that's on her record right now. Since coming onto the Senate, Mm -hmm. she has really shown her support for the criminal justice system reform and she told New York Times Magazine in 2016 if we're talking about any other system where you have failure rate of about 70% the investors would say at the very least do a wholesale reconstruction if Mm -hmm. not shut it down so this is a really strong statement that does really show that she does want strong reform Mm -hmm. now and I think that ties a lot into when she first started as a prosecutor, like we touched on earlier, that she came into it wanting to be a progressive prosecutor. And you said to me the other day that when you were doing your research, it seemed like with a lot of people, they get into these systems thinking they can change it and then they become disillusioned because there's systematic issues, you know, that keep you conforming to the way that things have always been done. Yeah, I think she's had to play the game of politics She came in wanting to be this progressive prosecutor and that was at a time where the environment did not want that and had no place for that. And she was already on the back foot. She was a woman. She was a multiracial woman. And I think in order to survive, we see a lot of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed politicians coming in wanting to make meaningful change, Mm -hmm. but then kind of have to step in line because if they want to get anywhere, often they have to play by the rules. And now that we're seeing she has this platform, she is actually able to make these kind of meaningful changes Mm. that she might not have been able to when she wasn't as well known. Her time um, as a senator has definitely proven her progressive and liberal side far more than her time as a prosecutor bogged down by the system. And I can't help but keep thinking about me and Ruby have been watching Hamilton for the first time and there's this one line in there that says you can't put out the fire while you're inside the house and when I was reading about Kamala and and her like you said bright-eyed and bushy-tailed approach to progressive prosecuting and then seeing her get tied more and more into the system and not be able to change it from the inside it really, I was kind of thinking about that. Like, mm. And now as a senator, we're going to go into what she stands for now. And it's all really fucking liberal and pretty progressive. And if you're going to label that as moderate, then that's kind of good. If the bar for moderate has mm. been set to, you know, like being for abortion, for the Green New Deal, all this shit. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know whether we're giving her too much grace for her past, but I do think we can't be completely disillusioned by all of what she's done because it is the harsh reality of politics. And you come up in the era you're coming up in. And I think how we've seen her politics change with the times, it does also show that she's going to be a politician for the people, Mm -hmm. that she is going to read the room, see what people are wanting. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, at the time, that was overwhelmingly this tough on politics approach. And now that is not anymore. And we have seen Mm -hmm. what she stands for change with that. Also, like this is completely biased, but just if you're going to have a really big problem with Kamala, just please have a little perspective moment and look at who she's up against. Like I don't want to, you know, compare two people or two parties, but I'm going to have to because one of them is single-handedly dismantling the lives of American people through their racist, sexist, everything as responses to everything. And if if that's what it comes down to when we're voting and push comes to shove, fucking just look at Mike Pence versus Kamala Harris Mm. and and we'll be waiting for those debates. Oh my God, I cannot wait. So Rubes, should we go into what Kamala stands for and who she is now? Yeah, since she's been on the Senate, she has been one of the most liberal members of the Senate, probably in the top four Mm -hmm. is what I have heard. So while people yeah, do peg her as a moderate, when she was running as a presidential candidate, she did really exist quite between, say, Biden and his more maybe centrist ideas at times and then the liberal candidates. So she has really been able to appeal to all. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think she's really gained a lot of support for her tough interrogation of Trump and then also of Brett Kavanaugh. And of Bill Barr, which we love to see because she said that as a prosecutor, her biggest case for this election was bringing down Trump. And we know she can fire questions. We know that she's not scared to hold people to account. And no one needs to be held more to account right now than the Trump administration. So we'll be looking forward to that. Can you think of any laws that give government the power to make decisions about uh, the male body? I'm not a, I'm not a thinking of any right now, Senator. Has the president or anyone at the White House ever asked or suggested that you open an investigation of anyone? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh... Yes or no? Senator, I'm very sensitive about time, and I'd like to have a very lengthy conversation and explain that all to you. I, I tried to do that. Can you give me a yes or no uh, answer, In the closed please? briefing. Well, it, it's not a short answer, Senator. The answer it, is... It is either you are willing to well, do that or not. So when they're, where, when they're instructed... Once, Excuse Senator. me, I, I'm asking the questions. Can. I do want you to be on. And I'm not able to uh, be rushed this fast. It makes me nervous. Now, also, in terms of policy, it's really hard to label her as anything other than liberal and progressive what she absolutely is yeah so um on climate change during her presidential campaign she introduced a 10 trillion dollar plan to address climate change the goal of this was to have net zero emissions by 2045 and 100 percent carbon neutral electricity by 2030 now this is obviously like big goals big goals but you got to have big goals to make that progress. She also said she wanted to go after people using fossil fuels and those big corporations. And we've seen in her record that she can go after these big corporations. She's gone after banks before. She is proven to be fucking good at that. And if she's willing to commit herself to that 
and have climate change as one of her main focuses. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. She's also behind Medicare for All, which was a huge thing that Bernie Sanders was campaigning for. Another amazing thing that she did on the Senate was team up with Cory Booker and Tim Scott, which introduced a bill that for the first time in history made lynching a federal crime, Mm -hmm. which has been a goal for civil rights activists for years. And I think that is a really incredible thing for her to get through. Mm -hmm. She's also worked with Cory Booker on the marijuana legalization bill, or she signed on. She's introduced her own bill to decriminalize it as well at the federal level, which was another thing that in her record, her personal politics didn't line up with the way that she treated people that were put in the system for charges on marijuana. Gun control, while she was a candidate for the presidency, she voted to take executive action on guns within her first 100 days if Congress failed to act. She is a super staunch advocate of stricter gun control laws, which, you know, American needs and Mm -hmm. we love to see it. And then quickly, just on abortion, since her election to the Senate, she's maintained a 100% rating by the abortion rights advocacy group Planned Parenthood. Again, her record as an attorney in California, she had um, a few moments where the work she was doing didn't seem to align so much with her personal politics. But since being in the Senate, she is 100% pro-abortion and LGBTQI plus rights. She declined to defend Proposition 8, which was California's law that defined marriage as just between a man and a woman. She's also said as a candidate, um, she pledged to include obviously members of the rainbow community in her cabinet. She is kind of progressive on all fronts that she needs to be for voters like me to see her now. Yeah, seeing all of those discrepancies where her policies have changed and where she didn't necessarily align herself with what she personally believed in in her career, she did take responsibility for that. On the first day of her presidential campaign in 2019, she said, the bottom line is the buck stops with me. I take full responsibility for what my office did. So I can really appreciate how she is not shying away or trying to bury her mistakes. Or deny. She's taking them up front and she's taking full ownership of them, saying it wasn't okay, but this is what I'm going to do now. Mm -hmm. And I think we really have to allow for that growth. And her time in the Senate has reflected her personal politics and getting to run on her own standards as opposed to being within the system that really does oppress you into being a certain way has been a great move for her, Mm -hmm. I think. She, you know, if you go and look at who she is as a person and um, the empathy that she obviously holds that some other people in other parties don't hold and just, you know, what she does for young women or women in general, what she does for the Asian American community, the black community, for immigrants alike, I just think, obviously do your own research on Kamala, but... She is a fantastic pick for Biden. It really has given me so much excitement. And that's Mm. what I've seen over the board is people are now excited. And hopeful. Yeah, hopeful, really hopeful. And it's not a perfect front, but Mm. it is so much better than the alternative. And guys, when me and Ruby are doing our research, like there is so much out there. And obviously we have to bring to the table, you know, a mix of the good and the bad. I don't know if we got across that she actually did do some really, really good things while she was in the DA's office 
and in the Senate in terms of introducing programs to look at racial bias and her back on track program where she allowed first time drug offenders including dealers to get a high school diploma and a job instead of prison time which was seen as really progressive and like you said a really tough on crime era. So I mean we did have to bring up the black marks on her record if you want to go and do your own research there's a lot of green ticks but like we just want to give you guys as truthful an account as we can from our research yeah i mean we have to show every side of her because that is what everyone is owed it's what we'd want to hear yeah nobody can go into it thinking she's perfect but then also she is this amazing candidate which i really think will stand for everybody Mm mm-hmm And I am really excited to see her absolutely crush Mike Pence in all of the debates. Me too. We will be hopefully podcasting either live or directly after those. Oh my god, it's going to be hilarious. So fun. As always, guys, we haven't even put our usual caveat in here that we're not experts. We are just keen researchers and we love to yarn, so... That's obviously why we're here. You probably know that by now. But um, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you've learned a little bit about the hopefully to be vice president. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. I was about to say enroll to vote, but Trump's trying to fuck the postal system over there. So make sure you're enrolled and then figure out how you can actually manage to get your vote across the line. No, it's all a bit of a shit show. It is a bit of a shit show, but just make sure you vote. Long story short, make sure you vote. Same for you Kiwis, Aussies, whoever's listening. Just vote. Come follow us on Instagram at the shit show with lots of underscores and shit you should care about. Come and see us on shityoushouldcareabout.com or on the Facebook group, the shit you should care about squad. And please check us onto your Instagram stories shout us out it is so helpful for us and we love to see it we love to see it thank you guys once again for choosing to listen to us we'll see you next time bye bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.